children can be dismissed for their children's class. Sorry, adults, you have to stay. <laughs> if you have your Bible this morning and you would, turn to Psalm chapter 27. Psalm chapter 27. We are quickly approaching Easter, celebration of our Lord's death, burial, and resurrection that brought salvation and hope to our lives. And so I encourage you to begin to prepare your heart for Easter. Uh, Begin to think about maybe uh, family or friends, those around you that um, uh, maybe don't have a church home or or regular in attendance at church. Um, statistics, Statistics tell us Uh, that at Easter time people are uh, more open to invitation and to attending church than any other time of the year. And so it would be a great time if you know someone that's been on your heart or on your mind uh, that needs uh, to um, be introduced to our Lord or at least to renew their relationship with Him. Uh, It's a great time to invite them and encourage them to come to be a part of our worship service two weeks from today. Uh, on Easter Sunday morning, and so I encourage you to do that. And this morning, as we come to God's Word, I want our thoughts to turn a little bit toward Easter and toward the events that began to unfold uh, at that moment in time in the history of of our faith and and of our church. And one of the things I think that um, that some of the uh, disciples. Uh, and uh, and followers of Jesus we're facing at this time is something that we face a great deal in our life, and that is the idea of fear. Fear of what was ahead, fear of what was about to happen, fear of, of what was taking place at that moment in time. As a child, a younger person, it was fun. To watch those scary movies that would come out, whether it would be at home or at the theater about, you know, the swamp monster that ate an entire town uh, or or some aliens that were coming to to overtake New York or Tokyo or something of that nature. And it was fun because we could be afraid for a little while, maybe an hour, hour and a half, two hours, and then it was over. And it always ended, and as it ended, the swamp monster was destroyed, the aliens were fought off, and, and finally there was, you know, the end of the show that there was a hero, and it was a good day, and everything was all right. It's not fun to be afraid in real life. It's not fun to have fear That is an emotion that overtakes us. It is produced by a sense of danger, an impending calamity, or or some dire emergency for some even walking into a dentist office. Creates this dread of fear that can overwhelm us and overpower us in many ways, it can damage both our physical and our mental, emotional well-being. Fear can even block our thought process 
and the clarity of understanding what takes place around us. The late John Madden from CBS Sports crisscrossed across the country many, many, many times in the fall of each year as he worked for CBS Sports in a customized bus because he had this overwhelming fear of flying and would never get in an airplane. And think about how that fear controlled his life and dictated how he lived, how he traveled, and everything that was associated with it. And oftentimes, we allow fear to do that to us. It takes control of our life, and it dictates to us where we can go and what we can do and how we're going to get there because we live controlled by fear. And I know some of you are sitting here this morning going, well, that's, that's ridiculous. There's anything that I'm that afraid of, right? But here's what I want you to understand. Many people are. And perhaps you're one of those people that you don't have that fear. You don't have that dread. Maybe at some point in your life you've faced it, but you've overcome that. But there are people sitting here and people all around us every day who live in constant fear of something in their life. That fear can be the dread of failure. That that fear can be the dread of exclusion, not being accepted. That fear can, can have to do with, with death. It can have to do with your own death or the, the death of a loved one. The fear of some impending medical circumstances or situation. All kinds of things in life create fear for us. And sometimes we are able to overcome that fear. Sometimes we're not. And, and oftentimes we live in that fear continually. It nags at us. It, it eats at us. It, it, we struggle with it because of th- its ability to limit us in life. So as I think about that fear... And our ability to face them in life. Reminded of a story from several years ago. And there was a a circus that was being televised. And as the circus was being televised and it was in this controlled environment. And all the cameras and the lights and everything. The the lion tamer entered into the lion cage with some Bengal tigers and, or I said lion trainer and then I said Bengal tigers, right? So the big cat or the tiger trainer. So the, the, the lights hit, the bright lights hit, everything else in the arena goes dark and the focus is on him and the big cats. And as he begins to work the cats and take them through the program of the paces, suddenly something happened and every light in the facility went out pitch black. Everyone begins to think what's going to happen. He's in this cage with these these tigers all alone and there's no light. What we understand from that is that because of the nature of a cat or a tiger, they could see just fine. But the trainer could not. And so the lights were out for about 30 or 40 seconds and it was a very tense time for everyone involved, 
and eventually the lights came back on, the show was ended, and later the trainer was interviewed. They asked him about those moments in the dark and how he handled his fear in relationship to that. And this was his response. He said, well, the first thing I thought is they don't know that I can't see them. And so I kept holding my chair, slapping my whip, and giving them commands as though I could until the lights came back on. I thought about that. Isn't that what we do sometimes with our fears in life? We just keep holding the chair, slapping the whip, and giving commands, trying to hold it as bay as best we can until something changes our circumstance or situation. But we are still doing it in fear, not knowing what the outcome is going to be. As I look into God's Word, He tells us that there is a remedy for fear. There is a medication that will cure us of that in life. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. Stay there in Psalm. We're coming back to it. Psalm 27. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. Did you hear what he just said? He just said, if you're struggling with fear, there is one place that you can go to deal with it. And that is in the perfect love of our Lord. Perfect love. None of us have perfect love except for Him. But His perfect love can cast out all fear. If you're sitting here today, and as I've been talking about fear, it was describing you. Fear of the future. Fear of what tomorrow holds, or next week, or next month, or next year. Fear of the outcome of some medical issue. Fear of failure or complications or whatever it might be. If you're dealing with that fear, he says, I can help you with that. My love can remove that fear from your life. Paul writes and he says this. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How to overcome fear? I have confidence that whatever it is that I'm facing, I can do it not by my strength, not by my power, not by my confidence, not, not by my abilities, but whatever it is, I can do it through Christ Jesus who gives me the strength, who gives me the ability to overcome that fear. I find it interesting. There are 365 days in a year, calendar year. And in God's Word, the words fear not, don't be afraid, something of that nature, talking about not having fear in our life, appears, guess how many times? 365. One for every day of the year, he says, don't be afraid. Don't have fear in your heart. My perfect love can remove it and you can do whatever it is before you through me. And so we have to understand what does that 
mean to me in my life as a believer in overcoming fear? Psalm chapter 27. Listen to these words. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? That's a great question. If I've got the Lord in my life, who do I be afraid of? Who is it that's going to bring fear in my life? The Lord is the defense of my life. Who shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart is will not Though a host encamp against me, though the armies come to slay me, to kill me, to destroy me, my heart will not fear. Though the war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. I don't know about you, but as I start to read those words, I begin to think that maybe David had a little bit of understanding of how to overcome fear. Maybe there was something that brought him this confidence. Something that, that brought him this, this ability to have the enemy encamped just out of view right there where he could see it and, and not let his heart be afraid. not worried about that. I'm not afraid about that. Listen, I have the Lord on my side. And His perfect love casts out all fear. And through Him, I can face and do anything in life. Whatever it is, I can overcome with the help of the Lord. And so as we think about that and how we can learn to deal with fear in our lives today, there are three things I want to share with you just quickly from this passage, from the whole chapter, but, but specifically those first verses that we just read. And the first one is this, faith overcomes fear and faith is a choice. Just think about that for just a moment. Faith overcomes fear why? Because I trust in Him. Because I believe the things in His Word that says His perfect love casts out all fear. I believe the truth in His Word that says in Him all things are possible. And because of that, my faith and trust in Him and His love and His grace and His mercy and, and His interaction in my life, it is that faith that removes fear from my heart. It was that faith that David had in his God to deliver him. He goes on and talks about that. Let's read a little bit further and understand exactly what that means. Faith is a choice. We pick up, One thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord. You see, his trust and faith is in him. And that trust and faith in him is a choice that he has made. He chooses. He says, I have asked one thing. I seek one thing, that I would be able to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a choice. He's making a choice to say, that's what I want for my life for eternity. And to meditate in His temple. For in the day of the trouble, He will conceal me in His tabernacle. In the secret place of His tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. Hear that? A solid foundation. He will lift me up on a rock. 
And now my head will be lifted up above the enemies that are around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praise to the Lord. David made a choice that he was going to have faith in God, that he was going to trust in him to be his deliverer, to be his provider. That not David's ability, not his knowledge, not his skill, but it's the Lord who will lift me up on a rock. It's the Lord who will hide me in his tent. It's the Lord who will provide for me. And so his faith and his trust in God led him to understand how to overcome evil. But we have to understand that initially it is a choice that he made. One thing I ask. One thing I seek. That I can dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That I can be His. That I can belong to Him. And He can be mine. And we can, can be together for eternity. I choose that for my life. And because I do, He says, I have confidence. I'm not afraid. Though the enemy in camp right there, I can see Him. He said, my heart's not afraid. Why? Because I choose to have faith in God. Because I, can, I choose that he is going to deliver, that He is going to provide, that He is going to care for me, and He will protect me. It's a choice that we have to make. I can't make it for you. Your, your spouse can't make it for you. Your, your, your parents or, or your kids or anyone else can't make it for you. It's a choice that we have to make ourselves, and David had made that choice. Second thing I want us to see this, faith is cultivated through an intimate relationship with God. Faith is cultivated through an intimate relationship with God. As we read those words, think about the things that he said. I will praise him with a shout. I will offer sacrifices to him. I will be in his tent, in his tabernacle. He will hide me. In his. All of those terms that he's using there talks about a close relationship. It talks about a gathering together in a place that is secure, a place that offers hope and safety and, and provides for his needs. And he said, this is where I'm going to find myself. This is where I'm going to be in my relationship with the Lord. And, and so our faith is cultivated. Our faith grows when we have an intimate and close relationship with our Lord and we know him and he knows us and we share in that relationship with one another. Let me ask you a quick question, really quick this morning. So, Think about this for just a second. Someone that you've known for 20 years. Someone that has been a close friend, a close confidant. Someone that you have been able to count on when things were tough and difficult. They, they've always been there for you. When they've had challenges, you've been there for them. You two are, are just as close as can be. And then take someone that you've just met. A brand new relationship you've been introduced to. Which one do you trust more? Which one do you have the most confidence in that if I share something with them, it will be held in confidence? That if the chips are down and I've got a difficulty or a challenge in my life, which one would you call first? It's the one you've known for 20 years. It's the one that you've been through things together and those, those things have, 
have caused your experience to grow, that you know you can count on them, that you know you can trust them, that you know that they'll be there for you. And it's because of those years of that relationship that you have that confidence in them. You don't have it yet. Not that 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 new person doesn't deserve that at some point in time, but you don't have that yet. You don't have that confidence and that trust and that belief in them because it hasn't been proven over time. It hasn't been proven over circumstances and situations in, in life. Not that someday it might not be, but right now it's not because this person has proven themselves. This person, we have been together all of this time. What I need you to understand is the same thing is true of our relationship with the Lord. And that the longer we have that relationship and the more we know Him and the more He knows of us and the trust that we build and the confidence and the times that He's provided and, and things that He's done and how He's cared for us, the more that that happens and the more that that grows and the more that our confidence develops, then we know and we understand that I have cultivated a relationship, an intimate relationship with my Lord, and that I have faith in Him and trust in Him and believe in Him. And that carries me through. That overcomes the fear that I face in life. And so I want to encourage you, if you are facing fear, if you're facing difficulties and circumstances and challenges in life, then I want you to know Begin to cultivate your relationship with the Lord. And the stronger that relationship becomes, the more confidence that you have in Him, the greater your faith grows, the greater your ability to overcome the fears of life. To overcome the difficulties and challenges that we face that bring fear in our life. The third and final thing this morning is this. Faith is strengthened through our prayer life. Faith is strengthened through our prayer life. During the Apollo missions of our space program to the moon, the spaceships are reported to have been off course more than 80% of the time that they were in flight. Now think about that for a moment. 80% of the time that they're in flight, they were off course. They were not heading in the right direction the majority, the vast majority of the time that they were in space flight. Yet, through the continual communication with mission control, they were able to make necessary corrections in the journey and set them on the right path again and to ultimately have success in the mission. Think about that. 80% of the time, off course. But every time they were off course, they communicated with mission control, were able to make the necessary corrections and get back on the right path and ultimately have success in the journey. I wonder how many times in our lives we get off course. I wonder how many times we're headed in the wrong direction. And the only way to correct it, the only way to get us on the right path, is communication with mission control, which is the King of kings and the Lord of lords in our prayer life. And I come back to prayer and I communicate with Him and I say, what's going on? Where am I out of balance here? Where am I going the wrong direction here? Where have I lost my way here? 
how do I find my way back? Can you give me the necessary coordinates to correct the wrong direction that I'm going and get back on the right path? And ultimately, there will be success in our journey when we have developed faith to our prayer life, our growing relationship with our Lord, and that we have chosen that He will be the one who will lead me and direct me and guide me in life. And when I do that, His perfect love, His strength and ability to provide will put us in the right direction and help relieve fear from our lives. Let's look at the closing part of this chapter and see what He says to us there. Let's pick up in verse 10. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path. See that? Put me back on the right course. Get me in the right direction. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Listen to these closing words. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. We began with the idea of making a choice and understanding that our faith and our belief and trust in the unconditional love of God can relieve us of fear in our life. We end with the understanding of waiting on the Lord and having a heart of courage because we believe that we will see His goodness in the land of the living. I trust in the Lord. I believe in Him. What do I have to be afraid of? What fear should there be in my heart and in my life if I know that He is always there for me no matter what? Well, perhaps you're here this morning as we prepare for invitation. Maybe you've been struggling with some fear in your life. Maybe different circumstances and situations have caused you to, to be uncertain about the future, about tomorrow or somewhere down the road. Maybe a recent diagnosis from the doctor has caused you to have fear or uncertainty in your heart and your life. And today's the day that you say, you know what, I don't want to live like that any longer. I don't want to continue in fear and uncertainty. I I want to trust in the Lord. I want to put my faith in Him. I want my faith to grow and mature and develop. I want to come to Him and know that He will correct my path and get me headed in the right direction every time I fail.